I'm sorry. It. Oh! That was pretty good timing that time. Welcome to the Boogie Bro Banter. Welcome to the Boogie Bro Banter. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. This is the second day this week that you guys have matched with Nike hats. I wear this hat a lot. I wear this hat a lot. So grow up. Yeah. Yeah. That's my bad. You don't wear you don't really wear the dad hat style, so we don't really have a chance with you. Oh, because he doesn't believe hats should be on your forehead. That's not true. Come on, man. He doesn't put your hat all the way down. I didn't say I never said I don't believe hats should be on your forehead. Put your hat down. I don't like it on me. I don't think I look good like that. He won't do it on camera, man. He's too scared. He he won't do it because he doesn't believe hats should be like that. I have no. I don't have. It's not that I don't have. I I don't believe hats should be like that. I just don't prefer the look on me because I have a weird head. No, you don't, man. Come on, don't be like that. It yeah, doesn't like look that. good on me. I don't like that self-talking yeah, down don't, stuff. Don't talk yourself let's down. Build our, let's build each other up, huh? We're supposed to be an encouraging podcast. What are you doing just over there? Turning us, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm just changing my volume. No. Is that okay? No, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. when you start touching stuff. <laughs> Except for your hat to pull it down. Yeah. Here you go. You know... Well, <laughs> I gotta say, you look darn good. Oh, no. He, not, this is what Connor you're like a You're like a real Luke Combs. When, when he oh, wants to... Gross. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I didn't Dude, realize now we're tearing was... down Luke Combs. Yeah, too. what the heck? See, it, you see how the negative the energy. Crossfire. You see what happens. It's with all negative started energy. with your hat. Unbelievable. Y'all morning or night shower people? That's a great night. question because I saw that on Twitter. Going on on Twitter. I am a night shower guy, and it, I can't do morning showers. It bother me. I'll tell you because I, I'm much more likely. I would have to be a both because like. Because of the nature of our work, there's a lot of days. And also, I go to the gym in the evening. So, like, I have to shower after the gym. So, I have to do both. So, therefore, I'm not going to, I'm going to obviously be choosing to shower at night. Also, I would only be able to shower in the morning if I actually woke up in time to do so, which I don't. Connor. Unbelievable. Sorry, I was not raising He was my focusing. Hand. No. Um, I, I'm a night shower person currently, but as soon as my hair gets to a length, where it can stand up in the morning, then I'm a morning shower person. But you wear a hat every day. Doesn't matter. I can't have my hair stand up. There might be a situation where I have to take my hat off. Oh, man. I hate my hair standing up. <laughs> That's funny. So most that of my funny. life, like before I buzzed my head when I was a kid and everything, I would wake up in the morning, shower before school. I mean, if I, yeah, if I, I will say, if I have to like be not wearing a hat that day, if I need my hair to look a certain way, I will shower in the morning. Yeah. That is, I'm, a, I'm, I'm typically a two shower a day guy. Oh. I typically like get home from work, shower most days immediately, unless I'm about to really? run immediately. And you take a I like to shower one? the day off. And then if I have enough time and we don't put Luca down or like Luca's up or if Luca's double up showers, past like 830, I'll, I'll hit another shower that night. You going double sham wows, my guy? The second shower is a relaxation shower. Like, I respect uh, that. Showers the, are not relaxing. To the me. first shower Connor is like, like wash getting the day in off. water. Connor doesn't like being wet. I, I agree. Like I'm the type of guy... Man, when we used to play college disc golf in the freezing cold, we'd come oh. back to the dorm. One great thing about shared bathrooms in our dorm was that whatever they were using for the hot water, like I guess they knew they had to have a lot of it. Never could you run out of hot water. So you could stand under the boiling water for like, I'd, I mean, I'd be in there for like 40 minutes. Just I just, well, like, my first shower of the day is typically a lukewarm or cold shower. Oh, don't do that. Like if true. I'm, if I'm dirty or like just finished my run, mm-hmm. I like the cold shower. I'm a, I would have to be, I have to be like overheating to want If I wake up, if I get cold. up, if I morning shower, always cold. I don't I take, I don't that. take warm morning. Cause I, if I'm, I respect if it. If I wake up I, I don't and do I like it. coffee or anything like that, 
and I get woken up, a warm shower is going to relax me. Mm-hmm. So I got to go cold shower. Yeah, that makes sense. I respect that. I, I can't do... My problem is... Yeah, I, I like... I like being in the shower. Mm-hmm. My brain is you not, don't like getting out. My though. brain is not able to separate a shower from the awful experience of getting out of the shower. It is an awful experience. And I that that's I, the problem. What, is, what's like you don't like being like I don't like stepping out and being freezing and being wet. I don't like being wet. I like being in the water or I like being dry out of the water. I don't like being. I don't wet. know I if there's anybody that does enjoy that. I don't mind it. I don't. I wouldn't say it's like it's not like my favorite part of the shower, but like. There's nothing there's more miserable to me than getting out of the ocean and trying to dry off. I hate that feeling. I think there's a part of me that enjoys being cold, is what I've come to realize <laughs> in my later days. I think that you're right about yourself. Because I think like, I used I've noticed to take, that many I mean, times. I used to take like getting out of the, the shower, like for, I'll delay getting dressed. That's weird. To just like Yeah, no, I like when I get out of a warm shower, I like like Feeling cold makes me feel refreshed. I do not like that. I mm. feel upset. So I'll like walk yeah. around my room, walk around my house with like yeah. just my shorts on. I always go t-shirt and shorts after a shower because I want to cool down. Yeah. Mm. The shower sweats are no good. No, yeah. I um, Yeah. Whenever you're sweating in the shower and you get out of the shower and you're that's still another sweating, reason, that's a terrible feeling. That's another reason if I come home from a run and we have like dinner to go to and I can't, mm. typically my, if I come home, run, and then I have to shower. I typically come home from my run, sit. We have like a brick fireplace that has like a little brick spot to sit mm-hmm. on so I don't get a yeah. couch sweaty. I'll sit there until I've, I'm done sweating. What would you say your... My sweat's dry. Yeah. What would you say your not, average shower time is? Uh, like a relaxing shower or a cold shower? Let's just let's, let's cut it in the middle. I always take long showers because my beard. I would say my average shower is like 12 minutes. I would say average is probably no, 10. It's probably Maybe 20. less. It's probably closer to 20 for me. Because my cold really? shower, yeah. cold showers are like five, six minutes. Yeah. Like I'm in there, cold. I have to get my breathing. Once my breathing's under yeah. control, then I bathe and I'm out. Mm-hmm. The only time Warm showers, I push 15 the to only, 20. The only time I ever did the cold shower thing was... When I was, um, the last summer job I ever had before foundation, this was before I went to school the last year, I worked a warehouse job. I had to get to work at like 6.30 or something. It was super early. Um, so I had to wake up really early and I took showers in the morning because it helped me wake up. And I did, I would, I'd start with it warm and then I'd turn it cold before I got out to like really freshen myself, get myself like out of sleep. Um, and I did that every morning and at that that time, I only had like those mornings because of when I'd wake up, I'd only have like 10 minutes to take a shower. And I would literally like, I'd like may have a timer because I needed to like make sure I got to work on what time. What time but do it was you depressing. get up in the morning now? Like we have to be right at work now, at seven. What time are you out of bed? I, it varies. I, but right now I've been in a pretty good habit of 620. And I'm here early every day. Wow. I'm early every day. I can't do it. Because I, I roll out of bed at 620. I, I don't take a shower, obviously. I shower the night before. I, I get dre- I brush my teeth, get dressed. I walk out, throw together something for lunch, and I walk straight out the door. I've got to have a morning. This is my morning. It's work. <laughs> no, I got to like... I've always been this I, way. Like I, if I had to be at school, the only time that I would wake up and go is yeah. we had like an accountability small group that would meet before school. So we'd meet at 730. Mm-hmm. And I would get up at 6.45, eat breakfast, and then leave the house at 7.15 to get to school at 7.30. But normal school days, I would still get up at 6.45 so that we wouldn't leave the house till 7.45. And that way I could get up, 
read, scroll on Instagram, I, watch I like, the TV, whatever I want to do. I got to have at least an hour yeah. in the morning. So I, right now I get up at 5.45, but as soon as Luca goes back to his normal sleeping schedule, I'll go back to get up at 5. Because like when I morning. have two hours in the morning, then it's great. I like the morning, but I know myself, and I know that I will always value an extra 30 minutes of sleep like and this is, I know my let me put it this way I know myself when I wake up in the morning because that's mm-hmm. a different person <laughs> and I know that that person is going to always choose sleep over waking up early to get something done it'd be different maybe if I had like something really specific that I was set on accomplishing in the morning because there was a time where for months in a row I was waking up at five to go to the gym and I would do that every time um, but right now I'm just prioritizing that sleep because at nighttime, I like to be able to stay up a little bit later, maybe to 10, so that I can spend that time with my wife then while she's actually awake. So that, but like that being said, though, I'm not like a sleepaholic. Like on the weekend, I will still wake up like no later than seven so that I'm not like, I, I do not like sleeping in. No, I don't break my sleep because cycle. I, yeah, I feel like I, it ruins you for Monday. Yeah. Like, like, there used there was a time in my life where I could wake up at eleven o'clock on a Saturday, but that not a really not very long of a time in my life. But for me now, if I wake up past, I mean even past like eight thirty on a weekend, I'm like, man, I wasted a lot of my weekend. That's that's just how I've never been. I've never been a sleeper. Yeah, I haven't either. I also know I know myself. If I don't read in the morning, I will not read because I can't. I'm not a night reader. Yeah, when night rolls around. Not gonna, not gonna do it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like reading at night. I it has now become it has now become pro- part of my daily routine. To do you and Gabby both read? No. Uh, Liz, well, she, reader. she, Gabby read. She won't like read in bed. Um, but she reads. Yeah, she reads. Yeah, but I am. I'm only. You guys know I'm only just now a reading like someone who likes reading. Yeah, like, as of last week, but. Now it has been like my routine to every night whenever I get in bed. Like even the past few nights, whenever I got in bed, it's super late. I got in bed at like one o'clock in the morning the past yeah. like three nights, and uh, even then I'll read for ten minutes until I'm falling asleep. And then I'd like to do the night reading, but yeah, I don't think I have the. I don't know if I have the brain concentration at night to like really like focus on. What I just, I'm I've reading. just read so many. I've just read and watched so many things about how like reading before you go to sleep is really good for your brain. Oh, I bet, and then also being on your phone, like. 30 minutes before you go go to sleep is really bad for you. Yeah. I do want to, um, we went to little Dickens at bookstore here. Mm-hmm. Um, great time. Obviously y'all know it's a bookstore here. That was mm-hmm. for the viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we went there cause with my niece, we were, um, we got a text from my sister. It's a child's paradise. Where there. like, we haven't seen my niece in a while. Um, because yeah. we have a kid now and we used to hang out with her all the time and we got a text from my sister like, two days ago but like now like what's the point like you have your own kid right no <laughs> just kidding. Just um, yeah. but we got a text from her and she said that lila was like she calls us b and haha mm-hmm. liz and i and um we got a text from my sister that said lila lila just said mommy do you miss b and haha because i do and so liz Aww. and i just dropped everything we had <laughs> we had like dinner plans and stuff that night we just dropped it all and went um i was like screw this and so we went over there and we picked her up and we took her. She gets special milk at Starbucks, is what she calls it. It's just a glass of milk with ice, a pump of vanilla, sprinkles, and a whipped cream. That's wow. Fun. I and want special she milk. She loves it. She's got it since she was like two or something. It's like basically a vanilla bean latte. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> so she gets, we go there, get her special milk, and then we took her to Little Dickens and let her pick out whatever toy she wanted. Um, what, to, what toy did you pick she out? Pick out? She picked out. Um, I influenced her because I wanted to play with it. It was a pump where you have like the balloon rocket. 
Oh, those are fun. Yeah. Balloon and those let it are go. fun. And so we got home and there was 30 of them. We just let loose. Dang. That's good they're time. Fun. They're, they're a good time. But while we were there, we walk around the book section and I stumbled on all the Hardy Boys, which we mm. talked about recently yeah. when we were talking about like the game. You're going to get into fiction, Hunter? Well, no, I think that's what I could read at night. Uh, yeah, something a little low key. Because like I, I was like, you know what? Like I used to love reading Hardy Boys when I was in like elementary school. Yeah, I was like, it'd be fun to read a like murder mystery yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I was like, that's the type of reading I could do at night to wind down. Right. The problem is like, I'm trying to get up and read my Bible, read the um, book we do for small mm-hmm. group, and then read a like business or finance or right some self improvement stuff. And that stuff requires me my focus. Yeah. Because like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm tired reading, I'll read like the same line four times and like doze yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. And like I don't want to like that type of reading. I don't want to miss out on what I'm reading. Yeah. With any of that, so that's the reading I do in the morning. Because then, like before, I tried doing my devotions at night when I was in like high school. Mm-hmm. Because that was the easiest for me. Because in high school, a lot of times I'd get up, we'd have like accountability group or you know my whole the whole house was getting up at the same time so it was like loud and i was like hey at night that's when it's like easiest and mm-hmm. every night i was falling asleep reading yeah. it was like that's just not productive yeah so that's when i started becoming a morning reader it was like into high school early college and so that's what i was just stuck with but i was like fiction reading i could see is like my way to wind down mm-hmm. yeah because like I'm, I'm not a fiction reader i view it as pointless but it's the same it's similar like you could watch tv or read a fiction book. Those yeah. are the same in my mind. Well, yeah. Sure. But like Liz does her devotions at night. So what typically happens is we put Luca down, we get in bed, she turns the light on. Recently, she's been trying to do it in the middle of the day because we're trying to salvage every minute of sleep we can get right now because Luca's in a regression. Yep. Once Luca gets back to normal, then we'll go back to our normal routine where Liz would get in bed, turn a lamp on, and start her reading. Mm-hmm. And I would just lay down, scroll on Instagram, just kind of kill some time until she's ready for bed right and then we both go to bed i was like well during that reading time like i've already read for the day that'd be a good time for me the just hardy like boys. pick mm-hmm. up i wouldn't read the hardy boys but like some type of i'm mystery, telling you something. okay if you're look hunter this could be a moment for us if you are looking for a like suspense some some mystery to it novel series i have i have basically my favorite series of all time to recommend to you the guy that you interviewed yes it, or Harry Potter. It is. <laughs> no, it is. It is quite literally fantastic. I don't know yet. I'll let you know. But if, so that's something you're interested in too. I, I have. I own all well, the books. I, I, I've is, entered a cons- consideration phase. Yeah. I better not press it too hard, or he will quickly shut no, it down. No. I thought about asking you about those books, Trevor, because I knew that you liked them. A lot. They're they're incredible. They're the best. If for those of you who are listening, I'm talking about the, um, the what is it, the Bowers Files series. Oh, you don't even know the name? Written by Stephen James. It basically follows an FBI agent and he works in like the National Center for Violent Crimes. And so what makes these books great is the protagonist is a really good character, but the villains this guy crafts up are nuts. And he writes from both the villain and protagonist's point of view during the book. So all of a sudden you just jump into the villain's mind. Um, And here's what I will also say. Some pretty twisted villains. Um, These are not, I would say these books are um, definitely not for kids. Like I think I started reading them maybe in middle school, like young high school age, but like they are pretty crazy. They're really awesome books and they have twists that like I've, you can pretty much never guess the bad Mm. guy. So very highly recommend. But you're in his mind. 
Yeah, that's the best part. You're reading from the bad guy's perspective. You don't know who he is. And you don't know who he is. That's electric. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'm, okay. I'm considering getting into... Because I used to be a big fiction spy reader. And, I, and like... Because I didn't... My parents obviously didn't want me just like playing a bunch of video games when I was in elementary school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd read. And then fifth grade, they let me play Halo with my brother and it was all over. <laughs> reading, reading never Video games rock, man. I got to tell you. Here's the thing. Brooks is... Like he sees me play my PlayStation sometimes, and so he will pick up the, the con- controller. He knows how to pick it up, and he like knows how to use the thumbsticks. Like he's he presses the button, the triggers, and he messes with the thumbsticks. And I'm like, man, maybe it doesn't take. Maybe these humans are kind of smart. I was like, maybe it doesn't take as long as I thought. I might be playing Minecraft with this guy in a year. You know, <laughs> like, Minecraft such a mindless, that's pointless. Or you, at least you just got to get to the point where you can do like the little cousin maneuver, where you give them you give the turned that. off controller, and they think they're playing. That's a, my uh, Liz used to <laughs> watch. Classic. Liz used to watch my niece Lila like three days a week or two days a week or something. Yeah, and so I would get home from work, and that's what I'd do. She was like, yeah, three, two and a half at the time, so she wasn't quite old enough to realize her controller wasn't on. Yeah, and I'd be like, hey, you want to play Mario Kart? I think I'll just, and I would just I think I'll dominate. just turn on the and controller. She was just sitting there. I was turning on, give it to Brooks, play him in FIFA and beat him like 20 to nothing. That's how we're going to establish things early on. And she would she would sit there and, and she would tell me she won and I'd be like, "Yeah. That was you controlling the screen, Dang, not dude. me sitting behind you." She's going to bring that up and she therapy played, uh, sometime. She played she played Rocket League. Drag you into it. She played Rocket League a few times and she thought she thought that she was dominant. It was me. That's funny. I I uh am trying to figure out right now what books I'm going to read next after this series I'm working on right now. Um, for everybody listening, which I, is, which, which is the Chronicles of Narnia. Heck yeah. Um, I'm very proud of my children's book reading I, and, um, Chronicles of Narnia, I would not classify. Yeah. Well, whenever I walked into the library and I looked for it and are they I walked into the colorful they in, like, section, I felt very silly. I think that I would, I would classify Narnia as a book that can be read by a child, but can only truly be grasped by somebody who's a bit more mature. Like yeah, the, that makes like sense. All it's actually really funny because in the in the um, in like the foreword of the book, C.S. Lewis says that uh, this it, it's dedicated to his uh, goddaughter. Her name is Lucy, uh, modeled after the youngest character in the book. And the goddaughter um, was modeled after, modeled after the youngest character in the book. Yes, um, I don't know if I said a single word that was. I understand okay. what you're saying. We all, we all translated. It's all good. Um, good. But uh, he says in the book that the book is dedicated to her. Mm-hmm. He said, of course, by the time I'm finished with this book, you're going to be much too old for fairy tales, but eventually you'll be old enough to to read them again, and then you might enjoy it then. I'm going to cry. I know. But um, yeah, so I read The Land of the Witch and the Wardrobe last week and absolutely loved it, and I hate reading. It took you one, only one week to read it? Yeah, I read it Monday to, Monday to Thursday. How many pages was it, is that book? I, I, it's not. It's not. It's, not super it's like two book. to three hundred. I think. It, no, I, I think, think it's, it's less. I think it's probably a hundred. What? Yeah, because I read it in like the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe was about to come out. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was only like a hundred pages. The book was the movie was about to come out when I was in like second or third grade, I think. When did it come out? On so the, like, so and Connor, I, I read it in like two afternoons. So would Wait, you say the book came out when you were in third grade? The movie. I was about to say. No, would you say? Not. Yeah, Connor. I, I just remember grinding that book. So would you and say I think the I did it in like two afternoons? Would you say the movie? Uh, two hundred eight pages. Okay, all right, that's a little more. Would you say the movie and the books are like very carbon I copy? I haven't seen the movie since mm. I was a kid. From what okay. I remember, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch. So basically, I, I did. I was young, but I I finished reading the book like an hour before the movie, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking I didn't need to read the book. 
pretty much the same. I mean, if it's two, I don't know, what, like I don't know I rem- what that means. I feel like I, I haven't seen the movie book, since I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. Could not yeah. really remember any of it. As I was reading the book, I was seeing images from the movie. Like yeah. I could remember images, but I um so I did like. So I did a, a digital entertainment fast for the week, and so that's why I forced myself to read the book. And then I decided that I was going to break the fast by watching the movie. But then we had so much church stuff going on this last weekend that we didn't have time to. And then my mom came in town, so we haven't been able to either. So I'm really hoping that like tomorrow night or something that we might be able to watch the movie because I'm really excited to watch it after reading the book. But yeah, so I'm on the second one now. I, I I've only I I'm not far into it because I've. The times how I've many sent. is there total seven there's seven seven total because like yeah. i i'd be yeah i'd be mostly interested to read the ones that fill in because how many movies did they actually end up making four i don't yeah they, i didn't they, even they know made they made line the witch i was, line, which a guy was telling me Prince about it last Caspian. night i didn't realize there they was made, more than one they made the dawn treader there's those are three that i know mm. i think they made maybe they only made three I only knew I'm the line which in the world. Maybe I'll though. make that my beach series. It's also, this the year. only book I read. Maybe I'll try and read them it's, all. One it about was the beach. a really, really good book. So far, I like I like the the boy and his horse. A good like, but I'm only like I'm probably only like 50 pages into it. Not even. So I would, when I was a when I was a kid, I'd go through phases of reading. It was never a like fictional reading. It was yeah, never a consistent only made three thing. Movies. It was a lot of times like you'd have that summer list that like if you filled it out, you got yeah whatever pizza or something. Mm-hmm. And well, I think I would always start off thinking I'm gonna do this. And I, I think that did. might be why, like, because I after I so I've told the story about why I hate reading. That a my sixth grade teacher told me she didn't want to see Harry Potter on my reading log anymore, and I said, "But it's a different book every time. I'm on the fourth book." And she said, "I don't care. I don't want to see it anymore." And so, out of spite of her, I never read a book ever again until last week, and um, not on my own accord, at least. But I think the problem is that every time I try to get back into reading, I would make myself read usually just like a either some kind of commentary or a like christian lifestyle book or something like that um which i like i appreciate those books but i cared about the information i could not get into the reading part of it yeah i I still hated reading i like the information i was reading but i hated reading so much i could never get far into it and i think that i need to be able to satisfy the part of my brain that needs entertainment Mm-hmm. And so reading this book, which I, I believe that the, that the Lion, Witch, Wardrobe goes far beyond just like fiction, obviously, because it I think it can actually change somebody because it, there's a lot of crazy stuff in it. But um, it like the entertainment value of it, like as soon as I was reading it, I was like hooked. I, I enjoyed reading it so much. And I think that's why I didn't try to do any more fictional or entertainment style reading. I was only trying to do like informational like reading mm-hmm. so it, it was hard for me to get into loving reading but now that i know that actually reading the words is not bad and i enjoy doing it because like right now i'm trying to read the um the uh um the ruthless elimination of hurry as well and that's like what you were saying hunter i don't think i could read that before i went to bed yeah because you're trying to like take in information yeah um but yeah, so I'm trying to figure out in in my Amazon um, list. I have a few different sets of books that I'm thinking about. So first of all, I ordered the rest of the Chronicles and Narnia series. That's what I'm going to do first, um, and then I'm going to I've got the Harry Potter series in there, but I don't know when, when I'm going to read that. But I'm going to read it because I want to because I love Harry Potter. You'll earn a, you'll earn a special place in my heart once you join that club. Yeah, again, I've read I've read three and a half books. But I, that, don't, which means that you missed out on all the good ones. I know, I know. <laughs> and so good. then I, I also have 
the whole collection of C.S. Lewis's best works in there because I have a crap ton of respect for C.S. Lewis. I really like C.S. Lewis. Oh, I always have, like even before I loved reading, and because um, I've read *Mere Christianity* except for the last five chapters. I read like almost the whole book in two days and then just never finished the last, like they're five short chapters, just never finished them. Um, I don't know why. And it's been three years and um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't finish it. But uh, so that and like screw tape letters and the great divorce and a grief observed, like all of his like best works. I think I want to read all of those cause I really liked mere Christianity. Uh, but then also I have, Lord of the Rings that I think I want to try to read too. Oh, Tolkien is a different animal. I will say that. I, I've heard. He I've is. Heard. So I really wanted to read through those books and I read, I had already read The Hobbit previously, but I read it again. Mm-hmm. And then, which like, if you read that book, it's like under 300 pages and they turned that stinking book which is a fine book into three films that are each like three hours long. <laughs> Actually, four films. I believe they did a part one. Is and it two. only three hundred pages? Yes, it's a it? short what? book, and they made and they made a ton of money. So good for them. But anyways, I've only watched the movies. I, never I digress. The love to see. The I haven't even seen the movies. I haven't even seen the movies. Yeah, I, no, I, nothing. I about could Lord never of the get through them. I yeah. watched. You the couldn't movies. get through them. Well, they're just. I used so to watch long. the extended version. I tried to walk. So here's. I've seen. Incredible. I've seen. Four hours. I've seen four hours worth of behind the scenes films of Lord of the Rings, but have never actually. They're very seen Lord impressive of the Rings. for their time. But what I'll say, yeah, yeah, Tolkien is. I mean, a lot of stuff was invented because Tolkien of is a films. very exhaustive world builder, and so there's a lot of information and words being said that it is mm-hmm. tough to like all process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to like, it sometimes you're like, now what's the story I'm following, and what is just this other stuff that's just being. Like he would just like bring a character in and say all these things about where they're from, who they are, what they look like, and it's good to have that. But then it's like, what is necessary? That's and what, what is my uncle my said. Brain? That the hard thing about Lord of the Rings is that it is so good, but there are parts of it that is like scripture. Like yeah. it's just like naming yep. names and like all that stuff. Yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy. So yeah, I yeah. just like the movies. I was never able to get through all the books. I don't I'm know gonna, if I'll try. My favorite oh, you've never been through them? Twilight. I'm going to read them all just so I, I read like, like I read like a good bit of the first <laughs> one and it was I just gave up. Didn't gotcha. Twilight come out around the same time as Lord of the Rings? The movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, the <laughs> books? No. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. No, I think Lord of the Rings was yeah, it was, no, it, no, it was way before, way before. Uh, Lord of the Rings was earlier. Yeah, the last Lord of the All Rings. All I remember was there was a maybe. I remember when I was in high school, there was a meme of like I never watched Twilight. Um, there was a meme of like the final twilight battle and there's like mm-hmm. 10 people in a field and then it was like yeah. what a real battle looks like and it was all the orcs yeah, on the final yeah, battle yeah. Lord of the Rings and it's well, just it was actually yeah. in so, so it was actually people. in that battle that they invented the ability to be able to do simulation vi- digital simulation it's incredible so, so digital simulations was invented for that movie and is used in every single movie that has visual effects Lord of the Rings was a great the last incredible. Lord of the Rings came out five years prior to the first Twilight movie but yeah. when did the first Lord of the Rings come out I'm, I would have to guess around <laughs> four to five years i'm just throwing that out there but i can look it up uh lord of the ring the fellowship of the ring is what i'm looking for what year hold on a second any guesses any guesses i'm guessing it was probably like 98 or 97 yeah i was gonna no, say 2001 they made say. that's right they made wow. them in three consecutive years or they released them in three consecutive years. oh that's right they started working on that one oh two and oh three which yeah like if you look at the visual effects there are a few movies from those early 2000s era. Another one that is like um, the Star Wars prequels, uh-huh. considering when they were made, really, really solid special effects. Because you can watch movies but that were made. not as good as the practical effects in the other three. 
Oh, and like the first three movies? Yeah, I much prefer the practical effects over... I prefer practical effects over bad visual effects. Why don't... The live action the Beauty and the Beast had, for one. Oh, I'll say the, the prequels for Star Wars had good visual effects. Well, yeah, but they were still... I, I don't think... Some of the... Like, think about Yoda and the prequels... And then think about Yoda whenever he was a puppet. Yeah, I don't, much prefer puppet Yoda. Yeah, I, I would say I'm talking more about the space stuff, I guess, because like yeah, the, yeah, the model ships don't and like the, no, you're the right, lasers you're and right. stuff they don't quite compare. It was still really cool how they did. did you, so in um, for the scenes whenever they would shoot the miniature spaceships and stuff like that, which are a whole thing in itself, but this is just one specific part of it. Yeah, this is the wrong movie for Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> for Top Gun, the original whenever Top they would, yeah, the original Top Gun, whenever they would shoot the scenes of them inside the cockpits, um, because they didn't have the ability to get cameras really inside the cockpits at that point, yeah, uh, they, the one of the directors or one of the camera operators and like created this thing that basically was like a drill that you would put on there that would shake the camera. And so while he was holding the camera, he'd basically hold on the drill and the whole thing would shake like this. And then that's how he would get all those like crazy shots was by doing I that. do love practical effects. It's and very I, cool. The thing about practical effects nowadays is they're so, it's kind of sad because nobody expects anything to be practical anymore. Uh-huh. So unless you look at behind the scenes, you don't get full appreciation for movies. Cause I just watched both the Top Gun movies like a month ago. And like that second Top Gun movie, you know, they were really in those jets. <laughs> like they, yeah. they oh really, they had the actual top gun, like real life top gun flying them. And they were sitting behind them. Obviously they weren't flying the uh-huh. jets. Um, but they're really in those jets, yeah. man. All those like, G's that they pulled <laughs> yeah, were mainly real. Yeah, they were pulling G's and they were like, they went through like, Tom Cruise put him through like a three month training program. Yeah. Um, like, and so like that stuff, like you could watch that movie and just think to yourself, well, it's not real, of course, but it is. It and is. Like, yeah. And a lot of Tom Cruise does a lot of that stuff. Because, I think that's why you feel that movie so much. Yeah. It's real. Because Tom Cruise, like in the, in the previous mission impossible, like he actually jumped out of the plane. Mm-hmm. Like he does that stuff. Like freaking the, broke his leg. Yeah. And- like they, they do all that stuff and you just kind of like, Nowadays, we know effects are so good, and we're used to watching the Avengers that we're like, we just, our brains well, the just Avengers don't, is all practical. Yes. <laughs> Thanos, he's real. <laughs> but like, we just, our brains just don't click to like, now how did they do that? Because we just all know. Whereas I feel like back in the day, people's brains were probably thinking, now how did they accomplish that? Because there wasn't just computer generated stuff that was like impeccable like there is now. Something to think about. Watch a behind the scenes one of these days, man. No. Gosh, just do it. No. Just just do it, man. I, I actually saw a really funny behind the scenes photo of the Avengers where it was like Josh Brolin who plays Thanos, like wearing this giant um sometimes like they'll have the actors just wear one piece of something to establish where the CGI character like his body around. is gonna be. Right. So like there's a there's a scene where like Thor puts an axe into his chest and like I guess they needed to have at least that part there mm-hmm. so they could feel that. And so he's just wearing this giant chest thing with a huge accident. It's mm-hmm. like the size of his whole body. Mm-hmm. I think that's very funny when you see those. You know the guy that's like known now for doing like a lot of the animal acting and stuff like that where they put like the harnesses and stuff on him so that they can CGI it later. But like what? he does a lot of the animal there's acting. guy? I want to be that I guy. I feel like there's like one guy who's like really famous for it um, because he does like the acting of all the animals. He did like a lot of the... Um, it just a lot of movies with animals that are characters. He does the acting for them. Um, just, but it's turns out it's the guy who plays Kirk from Gilmore Girls. I realized that the other day because I was watching Gilmore Girls, and Kirk is a hilarious character. Um, and he does a lot of really weird 
like physical comedy jokes. And I real and then I was watching like a um probably like a quarter crew uh, video or something like that. And there was a guy acting out the animals, and I was like, "That's Kirk." And That's so it was funny. really funny. That is a fascinating job. Mm-hmm. Think he ever gets stuck in character? Yeah, I bet so. It's <laughs> like bite somebody in his free time. <laughs> That's how he spends his free time. Just yeah. Do you ever see that? There was that guy on TikTok for a while that was trying to training for like I don't know how many days in a row. Oh, on, all fours. Walking on all fours. How's he doing? I don't know. He's still at it because he was getting good. There's another Who? guy on TikTok. Got that's, um, he was trying to train himself to walk on all fours. To that like, doesn't seem like a. It seems a little bit backwards thinking. Yeah, but he was getting good at it. His forearms are like, huge. What's the point of getting good at it? I mean, I guess you can make money on TikTok. Yep. Um, there we've we seen go. the guy on TikTok. He's just like a an average dad that wants to be on like some obscure ski team in the 2026 Olympics. What's an, what is an obscure? It's like like, forget, out, like is it a, it's like a you, certain event? Yeah, it's like you climb the mountain wearing skis and then you downhill. Oh, is it a new event? Ski? Because I never heard of that. I don't know. Might be. I don't know what it is, but he he was posting it like he. I saw him randomly months ago. It just popped up my for you page. Mm-hmm. Didn't see him forever. Then last week it popped back up because like the speed trials are starting to come up mm. in the upcoming years. I feel like I may have heard of that. And there's this one like training loop that like everyone that's going to be on the team, like all these like World Cup for Mm -hmm. this thing do. And so he like went down like this person was a gold medalist here, this person was a gold medalist here, blah, 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 blah. And he was like showing their times. Mm -hmm. And then he like showed his progression and he started like six seconds off of where this guy was on this like uphill progression, which is like one of the more important things apparently. And um, he was showing him on Strava. And then he was like, and now here's the modern day leaderboard. And he was like seventh in the world. Dang. What? Like he's now. So it's like, like climbing is, and skiing? Yeah. And the climbing progression is like the important part apparently he's explaining. But it's it's climb, it's like hiking with skis on. And then you take the, there's like something, some type of grip on the bottom that you peel off to downhill slalom after. That's epic. I love, I love combined. Wow. Events like Wait, that. so you have the skis like on, like you're you wearing like them? Walk up with the skis. Wow. And then and they're on your rip feet? the things off. Yeah. Then you rip the sticky parts off and then you downhill. How does, like, oh my, what? That's the event. I don't know I what love, it's called. I, I was thinking what is that like skiing? you had them strapped on your back and you were rock climbing. And no, they they're, on, they're on your feet. What is it with wow. skiing and combined events? Because they already have the biathlon where you do cross country skiing and then you just pull up and shoot like six targets. That's yeah. Right. And then keep Sick. going, which is awesome. <laughs> Cross country skiing though, brutal. That's why. That's why I. I and I. This is. I know this is unpopular opinion, but that's why I always preferred the Winter Olympics over Summer Olympics because you got weird events like that where people are doing all these crazy. Like I just thought it was so cool. There's weird events in the summer. There are. You're right. You got badminton. You got handball. You're right. But you think about think just think about a little boy that lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, where it never snows, and then he sees a bunch of sports in the snow. That, that just sounds like so much fun, I'm, right? I'm mostly prefer the summer because um i really like i really liked watching like a lot of the athletes in the summer like we ha- and also the u.s does way but like we dominate the summer olympics whereas the winter olympics are, are well very i was tight. never that involved in the olympics so i really just cared about what looked cool to me and i thought that snow was cool snow is cool i really like uh one of my favorite winter events and is sean white is right snowboard yeah half pipe and snowboard cross where they're racing on the snowboards yeah that was also that was always a great time there. I thought yeah. the ski the ski jump. Here's the TikTok. Cool. I don't yeah. I don't know what the name of it is. I just read his ski caption. slalom is awesome. Like you just watch their knees get destroyed, but yeah. it is very fun. I read his caption. I still don't know what this thing's called. Um, 
but the national championships for it are on March 12th to qualify for the World Cup team. So that's his that's his goal. So he has his like progression where he like started at eight minutes and then January 19th he would did it in four minutes and 36 seconds, which was eighth all time. Is his course like the course that other people are doing this? Yeah, on? everyone's training on it. So like he he went down the list at the beginning of this video of like who all these people are. Um, he went down the list of this video, like who all these people are. So like that's them, the like hiking thing. And this man's legit going to like make the Olympics. He, he wants to. Sounds like he's got a great case. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> So there's 1,700 athletes that have done this Strava World Cup team, World Cup team, Western States, three-time champion, top ultra runner in America, local legend, World Cup team, I mean, World Cup team. The guy who's in first was. is dominant. So like he went down the list, and basically on this list, he just jumped this guy who was on the World Cup team. And then like the people who are like only a few seconds ahead of him are currently on the World Cup team. Wow. So he might make the World Cup team. But it all, it all comes down to national championships. Here's, here's, here's a fun question. He basically, what happened was he was like, he's in his 40s, and I think he was got bought out of like a, of like a startup company or something. Love it. So he basically doesn't need to work for years, hmm. he said. And so he just decided to dedicate his life to train for some... He wanted to like... He had found a, a sport one? that he thought not enough people know about this. I might be mm. able to make it to the That's Olympics. That's a fascinating he was right. idea. I and think- so he just like... Tr- he dedicated his whole life to just... I love training that. for that every day That's to try a, to get to the Olympics. I'm trying to think like what niche sport I would go for if I had if I was like, all right, you don't need to work anymore. Curling. Curling is a good answer. Those guys are serious business though, but it looks it looks like a lot of fun. I'd probably go for something a little less scary. Yeah. Any sport where you're skiing is scary because you're not just skiing. You're competing with the best skiers in the world, which means you have to do the craziest things with skiing, which means that you got to go super fast yeah. on super steep slopes. Well, the downhill and skiers, scary. those guys that's go scary. like a, a billion miles an hour. That's t- Yeah, exactly. They fly down those things. Through they, those which gates. is terrifying. That sounds so <laughs> they scary. They hit those gates, gates and those things just go whoosh, like flapping everywhere. Was, that's nuts. It's bizarre. I watched this video of this guy who was doing like motocross, like, like motorcycle racing. Uh, which is freaking insane itself. They're on those motorcycles, just like all the way down, hitting their knees on the ground. Like that, that's so crazy. Well, this guy, he was all the way sideways, all the way sideways. And like, I'm pretty sure he's rubbing his shoulder on the ground going around this turn. But he must like just grab some extra traction or something, a little too much grip on the tire. And so while he was completely tilted this way, the, the bike just like grabbed and flipped that mm. way. So it flung him. And so he's in the, it showed it in slow motion, like super slow motion. So he's in the air, just like this, like upright, like just like a jump like that. Then the bike hits the ground, tumbles underneath him. And then he lands on the bike with his left foot. Me while he's going like 200 miles an hour, he like lands on the bike on his left foot after the bike hits the ground and bounces back up and he jumps off of it with his left foot again, mid air. So he's been in the air his bike bounces, tumbles, bounces, comes back up. He jumps off the bike again and then lands on his feet to his knees, like on the road, still going like 200 miles an hour. And then he does a bunch of flips and skids and sliding his face across the ground. But he's wearing one of those, like they're wearing this full body, yeah. like yeah. intense suits. So it freaking hurt like crazy, I'm sure. But he's not like dead. And he jumps up. 
He sprints down the track as fast as he can. There's a giant like 10 foot wall that he jumps, grabs and like flips over the wall, runs across and runs like a mile back to the pit crew to go grab his second bike to get back in the race. Which is just like that's why it was. I watched this video. I, like, I I'm think just it was going short. home after that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's done. But it was just just watching this guy in this full suit sprinting fast. I've ever seen anyone sprint and then jump over this ten foot wall and then just rip out of there with another bike. Like, like where? How is that sick. where your mind is? Like when you crash, my mind is thinking like, did I just lose an extremity? Yeah. First of all, his ribs are broken. I'm positive. <laughs> like watching him hit the ground. It, your body shouldn't compress Bro, they, like that. They like, slide so, like those motorcycle guys, like those suits. They slide going mm-hmm. such crazy speeds. Like the amount of friction. Yeah, like they must heat up so much. I'm gonna find it. I yeah. I, they, like, uh, I see it now. I I would play the that like F1 game. I was playing for a little bit there. I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. And I would always get so pissed because you get one. You get into like a, a barely get into a wreck, but your like front wing would get damaged. And your toast. And you just like your time just disappeared, like something so small. But then there would also be times where you like just take a turn and you like don't like because you obviously in the game you push like the break recommendations. Um, oh yeah, because you're trying to you're beat trying the time to, trial. Yeah, you're trying to win, and you just like barely mess up. And this part I feel like was rather realistic of like you barely mess up your braking, and then you just, your car can't handle it. And next thing you know, you're yeah. just in the wall, and then it just like your race is over. Oh yeah. It would suck. That's in what? F1. F1, yeah. I, would be, F- I was playing F- like the, the video game. And oh, I'd like okay. come around the corner and like you just, I would just take the corner a little too fast and then just boom, you're in the wall. It also, if you didn't get, if you went in F1 in uh-huh. the video game, this is what I've never driven F1, obviously. In the video game, if you don't get pole position or by the first turn, you're not through. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to make moves on people because the track is just most of the time not that wide. Yeah. So there's only like two or three spots on the track that you can like actually make a move and not like be sacrificing your next turn. Because like you can like get to the side of someone and like pass them a little bit, but then the next turn, because you're on the outside, you're going to have to break so much more that you have to get back behind them. And if someone's taking your spot. Yeah. And then you get fined for aggressive driving. Yeah. So if I like push someone off the track, I get fined. It was wild. I can't say I'm a big F1 guy. I watched one race of F1 a couple years ago. It was the World Championship, and they erased yes. a guy's entire lead due to a caution that happened like a million feet back, and that's why he lost. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing that ever happened. And that was it for my F1 watching career. I don't like watching racing where the cars slow down to almost a crawl around like every turn. That, to me, is not exciting. And don't get me wrong. I don't think NASCAR is exciting either. I now... Well, don't get me wrong. wrong. Don't get me wrong. One more time, being in that car is probably very exciting. No, watching it though, I can't do it. I've I never agree. been able to do racing. That's why I like F1. horse racing. Now we're talking. I love horse racing. F one more than NASCAR. I like because yeah. there's more than a turn. Well, sure. Like you have different turns, different straightaways. Yeah. I also like if NASCAR. I was person, I'd probably think it was fun. We talked about this again sometime on the podcast, where like NASCAR is no longer stock cars, and people like NASCAR fans are getting upset at it. Yeah. yeah. My thing is like, oh, she got to drive we, it to McCord's, man. I say we've accepted that they're not, they're not a car you can just go buy and drive on the road. Mm-hmm. So just send it. Yeah. Super like stop making up. them like, stop making them trying to look like they're a normal car you can buy on the road. The only time I like ever, let's let's start well, like that's that's not it doesn't matter what they look like that's not the point the point is that's no advertisement. I get that yeah but what like, I'm saying so, is like. We, we, everyone, no one's watching it thinking like that's just a normal Camaro. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's just send it. Like, let's just make them faster. Faster, man. I want to. Yeah. The reason like why they NASCAR, do that is because the point. It, with NASCAR now, they really want it to be about the driver. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe make them not turn left every time. Yeah, but you know that there's so much more involved than that because NASCAR is not about the NASCAR is not about the course. NASCAR is about the drivers. So it's about maneuvering around the drivers, being the being the best at driving. But if I gotta watch 500 the, laps of, yeah. I'm gonna get bored. Here's the thing, yeah. though. Yeah. But if you you throw People in like watch a it. Whoop, 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 whoop. like put NASCARs like they did it a few times mm-hmm. where they put them on like an actual like not a just left turn track. Yeah, this, electric. Yeah. They've also put them on like dirt track. You, way most, more fun. The most I've been interested in stock car racing yeah. is when I was watching Cars the movie, and that was awesome. <laughs> or like so rally can, rally car racing. Make I love ra- rally racing. Is my favorite kind of electric. The, the coolest it, thing. It, number one. Number one for me is rally racing. I don't think there's a more dangerous sport in the world than rally racing. I would. I say that lightly. But you're like you're literally ripping 250 miles an hour down a dirt road that's an awesome. inch wider than your car, and there's Do a cliff on both have, sides. Awesome. Do they still? This used to be like I only knew this because I was in video game. Uh, the rally race video game had it where the person would sit, like they'd have a navigator yeah, sitting yeah, passenger yeah. seat. They still uh-huh. do that. Yeah. They're saying they're saying uh, they're like left three, are, yeah, like yeah. right right two, telling you how like what the what the turn is, how intense. the Why turn that's is. The rally racing in the car? And like rally surely racing you could do is that sick. automated. Like surely I could Can't be back it, in man. the pit. Pit crew. But if you lose, if you yeah, le- lose like um, service, or whatever, you don't know that rally racing is awesome. Cliff because they don't break, man. They just go. <laughs> no, no it's, it's insane. They, yeah, I was watching but, one the other day skid. where it's the yeah, yeah, I was so watching cool. one the other day where they were just it was like a straight road with subtle turns, and they were going like two hundred for like Here's minutes a in a row mm-hmm. without making any. Who? Breaks. What? What driver? Long live Ken Block. Yeah, honestly, this it was actually shocking. him that was driving. I'm mm-hmm. sure he was. Insane, he's dead. He I, know, I know. On a snowmobile accident. Very sad. I know. I used to love his um. What's it called? The um. Jim Connor. Jim Connor. Those where he'd like urban Jim Connor or whatever, yeah. where he mm-hmm. would like be drifting through. Airplane. I blame Jim Jim Connor for a lot of damage I did to my car. Those things. I first got those it. things were sick. <laughs> uh, but who do you think? My opinion is rally car racers. Mm-hmm. Only simply because I've seen Ken Block do stuff with a car that like mm-hmm. no one else could do, surely. Yeah. But who do you think are the best race drivers? car drivers are the like most talented drivers? I don't know. So the hard thing there is that I think I th- I would guys say are pretty nuts. F F one NASCAR is not even in the conversation, surely. I would I not I not the most. I wouldn't say not the most technical drivers. No. Yeah. I think there's a lot of impressive things. I think that NASCAR is a very impressive sport that people don't realize because the fans aren't very impressive sports fans. Mm-hmm. But the sport itself is actually a very cool technical sport. But I'm but saying that, I would say the most technical drivers who I think are probably the best drivers, I would have to agree. I think Rally, because they're relying... Again, they have the most dangerous terrain, and they also have to rely on the amount of control they have over the car at those speeds. They also can take those hairpin turns so short. And also the way they can make a car move. I mean, drifting is extremely impressive mm-hmm. because it's not only knowing how to control the car, but it's controlling things that are beyond the car. Formula One is ridiculously the impressive. The only thing I would say for Formula One to vouch for them is the amount of controls they have on their steering yeah. wheel. I listened to Lewis Hamilton list through those once and my mind exploded. Like they, mm-hmm. they're controlling so many things on that steering wheel while going yeah. 200 miles an hour. That's when, that's when I was like, what in the it's world? It's almost like 
it's almost like a rally racer is a kickboxer or an MMA fighter and a F1 driver is an accountant. Okay, I would argue, but I would, and I would also argue like, that, like, or that, like he's like he's like a um, a software designer. I would, argue, I would he's more so really say, smart, very incredible technician. I would more so say the rally car racer is like a UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. F one driver is boxer. Yeah. yeah, where like he doesn't have as much thrown at him, so some people think, oh, he's not that technically skilled. But if they're ve- like the best boxers in the world, mm-hmm. they're just experts. like they're yeah. just a, they're in a different category. I yeah. don't think anyone, but no, no that's what I'm saying. That no, it's F1 drivers are not underestimated or undervalued. There's not a single person in the world that thinks an F1 driver isn't an. But that's not what I was asking. Driver. I was saying who's the best. Yeah, but you were saying with boxing, I'd also bet you like, could probably you there, might be able to interchange. Not, though you were saying in boxing that it might be kind of scrappy, or like there can be people who are scrappy. Well, no that doesn't exist in F one. No one's questioning Floyd Mayweather. He's a boxer. Yeah, like you're not questioning him. Yeah, but you were but you were saying that the, the, in boxing it can be viewed as that. But I don't think anybody views F one. Well, I'm as, saying like if you show two random people that don't nothing about driving cars rally mm. car racing is more impressive than f1 i agree i agree yeah, because I so. it looks it looks more difficult but i yes. think that it's much they're, cooler looking. they're both they're probably both very similar skill wise because like rally car uh, they have to shift handbrake yeah. and then they just drive right like they're not controlling um, their well, you're navigating terrain yeah which but, is, but i'm saying as far as like they're car controls yeah, they're not yeah. they're not for changing the, most part, the like wing angles or anything yeah like that. yeah for the Whereas, most part they're controlling their their braking gas clutch f1 yeah. they're changing like their downforce they're changing where their engine like where their power's going yeah they have like auto overtake they can strategy. turn on and off mm-hmm. uh they yeah like they're they're monitoring their brake temps and stuff like that they like yeah, F1, the thing they're like very, they, they have like, if you put a rally car driver into an F1 car, I feel like they wouldn't know what 90% of the controls. Well, most, yeah. I would, the majority of the people in the world wouldn't know how to move. A, Whereas like, a I F1 feel like car. Yeah. if you put a F1 driver into a rally car, they could probably yeah. have some success out there. Well, that's the thing with, with, well, with Formula One, the whole point of Formula One always was using a sport to push brands. And push vehicles to show who can build the best car. So F1 is all about the driver wielding the most impressive car. Are you? And uh, because that, that's what the point of the race teams are. Is that you know the name Ferrari? Like you know you know the race teams because they're building the best car. While rally racing is much more. The cars are extremely important, but you yeah. know the rally racer. F1 you is don't very know unique the, in the that rally respect. Team. To where yeah. like the teams are a huge. Like the cars are a huge. Deal. Which say, has always been a car the, thing. It's, it's always been a car sports. Are thing. you in the camp? both of you that Lewis Hamilton made Mercedes or Mercedes made Lewis Hamilton. I, I don't know enough to know. Connor? You see, I, I don't know. I think he made them a lot of money, but I, I don't Mercedes has always been a very prominent car. Well, company. I'm saying in F1 world, I'm saying it's in probably F1 a little bit world. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's probably I'm thinking Mercedes. I don't, made I don't F1. follow I'm F1 saying a ton. Mercedes made Lewis Hamilton. That's I don't, easy to say. I don't follow the politics of F1 at all. I, I, look, reason, I look into the cars and, and stuff. The only I reason I say it is they introduced a, a tighter budget cap. Mm-hmm. I think it was last season and it leveled the playing field a lot more. So Mercedes couldn't spend lavishly yeah. on their car like they were previously. And Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton struggled. Mm. What you would think if it's a more even playing field and you're he's the still goat the best driver, driver. Yeah. you're still gonna. Well, you're used to driving it. a certain car, though. 
Just throwing it out there, man. That, I'm, certain, think about. I'm certainly. I know I'm enough to be dangerous, a, but not enough to know I'm talking. I'm about. certain. Yeah, I'm <laughs> certain that's probably a popular opinion. I would. I'd have to. I'm a Max for stopping guy. That makes You're sense. You're what? Max guy. That makes Max. sense. Red Bull gives you wings. I don't think. Oh, I understand. The driver. I, you Max. were saying a name. Max. I was really confused. I thought you were making a phrase. Does Team Red Bull like? Did they make? cars themselves or who's making their car red bull makes their cars but they team up with people for engines oh like honda okay. i don't know if they're still driving a honda engine but they were for a while that was they either switched from honda to someone or switched from someone never to heard of honda. The honda i never heard of the honda to someone <laughs> let me see who makes them now <laughs> red a, bull f red bull does a little bit of everything don't they they engine. do they are all over the place it's a pretty freaking awesome actually. uh they need to get in a disc golf. <laughs> oh, extreme sports. Right here, man. They That's just... another birdie. So Honda officially withdrew from F1 at the end of the 2021 season, but Red Bull continues to use their engine hmm. under the banner of its new Red Bull powertrains organization. Mm. Interesting. So Honda's effectively a contractor supplying them. Considering Red Bull doesn't oh, actually Red Bull, make any of that so stuff, they just to had to put everything under their umbrella. It used to be Red Bull originally was made by Aston Martin. Oh, Fair race and Aston Martin cool. switched to Honda. That's cool. what it was. But like, what's Martin's fascinating cool. about F1 yeah, is, is like... If I could choose a supercar, if I could like, unlimited budget to choose a supercar, I would choose an Aston Martin. What's Pretty fascinating sick. to me is like other sports and leagues, like the NBA then has the G League and like teams in the NBA have like a direct correlation to the G League, at least like city-wise. I don't know if the same owners owns the G League teams. I don't know how that works necessarily. But like Red Bull has like a junior team for F1. It's not really a junior team, but it's like their developmental team. Yeah. But they still race in the same division. Mm. So Red Bull, I believe their junior team's Torin or something. I forget what it's called. But like a lot of like Mercedes has one too where they like. You can get relegated though, can't you, to F2? You can. Well, it's more so you don't really get relegated. It's just if you, there's only 21 spots in F1, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's, there's only a certain number of spots. And so, like, if a team doesn't pick you up as a driver, then, yeah, the next thing down's F2. If you want to keep being a driver. I meant, like, the teams. So the teams can't get relegated. They I don't think the teams can get relegated. It's just, like, a lot of people want to own an F1 team. So, like, if you're someone who struggles, like Haas, I believe, um, a lot of the way you earn your money as a team and become profitable is by actually winning and earning points. Yeah, and so if you aren't doing that, then you're probably your days are numbered because you're just not gonna be able to. It's it's too expensive it's of a sport that people aren't just gonna throw that. money to keep you in. I love that. So it's epic, cutthroat. But I just thought it was fascinating, like, um, like uh, on Red Bull when they brought in who was it? There was um, they were trying to find the driver to like go alongside Max, and they they had like their like developmental team. And they had like two drivers on that. And there were some tournaments where whoever the secondary driver to Max was getting beat. Like the those cars, they are like intentionally worse than the Red Bull cars. That's that's whack. Mm. Because Red Bull owns them both and they don't want this yeah. team to that's succeed so over whack. Red Bull. That's so whack. But there were races where a, like I think his name was Alex, Alex Albin, 
was driving the developmental car and was beating the second Red Bull driver in a noticeable, like notably worse car. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So it was just like this dude's a dirty driver. That's so awesome. he got promoted to Red Bull the next season that's and awesome. booted the other guy. That's where um, that's where the sport of drifting and the maneuver of drifting came from. Was there was I can't remember this guy. He's he's got he's Japanese, so he's got a Japanese name. Um, Makes sense. So uh, I can't remember his name. I'll look it up in a little bit. But he was basically was doing uh, racing way back. Yeah, probably eighties, maybe. I'm not really sure when, but around the time, probably probably between the late seventies or eighties ish. I'm not really sure. Somebody's going to correct me. It's going to be. I'm going to sound like an idiot. But um, he was. Uh, he was just doing racing. And people started to notice that he would do, they would call it an intentional um, intentional oversteer mm. because that's what, whenever you lose traction, your back wheel is called an oversteer um, because you're overturning the car, basically. And so um, he was doing that intentionally to go around corners. And so everybody would watch him and think that he was um, just like out of control and he was a bad driver, but he was actually skidding around the corners on purpose doing that so that he didn't have to break and was beating a lot of people until eventually he, he like basically keyed the style of drifting and, um, and founded drifting and ended up pushing a lot of the events. And basically that is what started formula drift, which is the actual like sport of drifting It's very, very interesting. This guy just whipping around this car around the track, everybody thinking that he's falling, like he's falling apart and he's losing it. But then he ends up beating everybody. He was like, I think he's one of the most, like he's like one of the drivers who has won the most races. Like he, he won, like he was like got first for like seven years in like every race he raced. Like it was crazy. One of the things that I like found fascinating when I was watching F1 races too was the way like you were talking about the penalty because you were watching that the world championship when they erased Lewis Hamilton's lead but what I always thought was fascinating is like how they make you serve your time penalties Mm -hmm. like I don't know I'm sure it's like that in other races but like they'll have like a 10 second penalty or something and the team knows we have a 10 second penalty but a lot of times from what I saw there's certain penalties I don't think this is true on but certain penalties you can decide when you serve it Mm -hmm. hmm so like it would be like a pit lane penalty of like ten seconds, and so teams like you could keep racing, and you just have that in the back of your mind. Yeah. And so teams would like strategically choose their pit stop of when they're going to serve it, and they would pull into the pit lane. And when you pull in the pit lane, no one could touch your car for ten seconds, and they would just start a stopwatch. And so the pit crew is just sitting there, and you sit there for ten seconds or whatever the penalty is. But I just thought it was interesting because like. In football, you can't choose when you get your 15-yard penalty added. Right. Like, you, you don't right. get to choose it. But in Formula 1, it's like a part of the strategy of, like... There is a lot of strategy. You choose when you Formula serve. But you choose also, like, so many times drivers will, like, push their tires because they know if they get into the pit lane when it's not populated, they can get in and out way faster than if they have mm. to get behind cars and stuff. And so, like, if you're in the lead and you get in and out of the pit lane and then, like, someone who's in seconds, like, I'm going to push my tires, like... I might be able to make it to the end of the race and they'll like push their tires and as their tires wear, they'll get slower and slower, but they gained like 20 seconds on people while they're in the pit lane. It was fascinating. 
like strategically choosing when you do pit mm-hmm. stops. Sometimes you would strategically choose if you're going with rain tires or not. Like some drivers would like push it a little bit. Mm. Like the track's starting to get a little wet and you're like, let me get, because the rain tires are noticeably slower because they're grippier. Mm. It'd be like, let me get like two more laps before we put rain tires on. And you're like risking because now you're driving with less less traction, mm-hmm. but you're going faster. Yeah. It was wild. And then like how crazy. they do like the qualifying and um, all of that of like, you go out and you do your practice laps and everyone's doing the practice laps or not your practice lap, your qualifying laps at the same time. But you can like, you have a window so you can choose how many you try to get in. And like, you want to do it when the track's not populated because there were times where like someone's doing an absolute flying lap. Like they're going to have the pole position and then they would get stuck behind a car. That's the dumbest thing ever. And like try to not why, try to pass. Them. Why is like the heck car, would You're they not do allowed that? to like slow them up. Mm-hmm. But like this car's just not going as fast. And so mm-hmm. now instead of having your ideal inner lane, you have to like push out and it costs mm-hmm. you like a second. That and you lose your pole is position. The dumbest thing ever. Why would they have cars on the track? They all they all qualify at the That's same time. So stupid. It's part of the strategy. So dumb. Because you each team also has two drivers, so you have so to you, choose. You obviously send your worst driver out when it's more busy, so your popular driver can go out <laughs> when it's less busy. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and That say was also it. the politics of F1. Dumb. Yeah, that is dumb. Because the politics of F1, too, you had to choose who got points. So there were some races where, like, a driver would be in third or second, and your other driver's in fourth, and you need that driver has a chance to, like, uh, driver's championship, and they're both going to earn you points for the Constructors' Cup, which is, like, the team championship. And so they would, be, they would, like, ask your, like, one driver to, like, hey, go ahead and just drive straight. Let, let them draft and pass you. And the driver would be like, no, like I have a chance at a podium mm-hmm. here. I don't want to. And they're like, well, we need you to sacrifice for the team. And she so like, it could be like a driver's first podium. And you're like, Taking we need, you got to let, you got to let so-and-so pass but you. Here, go ahead and pass me. Got that him. happened one time. It was like they were, they start like two drivers from the same team were fighting back and forth for position and it. they wrecked, they wrecked each it. other. Oh my god! So they were in, in track, they were in position to both get points, but it was coming down the wire where they were like, they both wanted a pole position and they, and the team principal, the like head of the team, was got like ticked at them because they basically both were going to earn points to earn help earn the team more money towards the end of the season. And because they both wanted to earn points, they wrecked. And then basically you're thrown out of the race because you had to retire the cars. So they had mm. to bring the cars in and they got no points. Since so they went from getting both both earning a decent bit of points to wrecking and neither earning any points. That's crazy. And I mean, they were ticked. Everyone was ticked. I bet the team was ticked. Yeah, because like the the main driver was like, you like I have a chance at winning this whole thing, and you just like wrecked, it. like you took my chance away. The other driver was like, well, I'm like I had a chance to prove myself, and you wouldn't let me pass. Why wouldn't you let me pass? And he's like, well, because I'm earning points. And then the team principal's like, y'all are both knuckleheads. Just who cares who earns points? You're both earning us points. Mm-hmm. Now you earned us no points. Like now no one gets points. Yes. F one's fascinating. The dynamics of it. It, it F one is very a political. very political sport. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. This guy. So the Drift King, his coin name. Uh, what he his name was, Kichi Tsukiya. So K E I I C H I Kichi, and then T S U C H I Y A Tsukiya. Uh, and um, he became he. His driving originated like his the drifting first being popular in his Toyota AE86. That's sick. And he made a series of basically you remember how they they make like skate parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, he basically did a drift part, making a small VH series of tapes. That's sick. Um, I can't remember what they were called, but they were the, that was that was like an illegal underground thing to do at the time was doing drifting. But mm-hmm. he basically was 
was while he was racing, he would go out into cities and stuff like that, like in, at, in the middle of the night and film these VHS tapes of him drifting around street corners and stuff like that and release them and became super popular. And that's what created Formula Drift. That's sick. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's the banter. Everything from Harry Potter to the Drift King. Harry, Harry Potter Pato. and the Drift King. Not like Harry Potter. And the Pato. Battle for the Ring. Connor, what noise we make? Um, I think we should make the sound of a... What do you think? Like a Formula One car? Sure. Accelerating. All right. Who goes first? You. Okay. <laughs> No, the RPM just oh, okay. switched for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. Okay. That was pretty impressive. My lips itch. That was pretty Where's impressive. Mine? Ready? <laughs> we had to retire the car. It blew a tire. Here's mine. These are always so stressful because you don't get a chance to know at all what the sound you're about to make sounds like. That's the best part. Oh, is it an electric car? No, that's what they sound like. That's incredible. And then right here, here comes the downshift. Here comes the downshift. The downshifts typically happen a little faster. Yeah, they do. Like, that was pretty bad. That's impressive. Good Thank job, you. Connor. Thank well you. done. All right, that's Connor's actually half F one car. I am. My mother was an F one car. Yep. My father was a worm. 